Lenape. 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 All right. Lenape. Is that enough? That should be good. Okay. How are your New Year's <laughs> Eves? Uh, Mine they was were good. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What'd I went, you do, to, Jim? went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm. And then um, went to Allison and Tony's house. We played uh, Cards Against Humanity Ugh. for several hours. Did the cards win? Um, sometimes. <laughs> and we went down to a, uh, a, a bar with some friends, which, you know, that's not going to be packed. Um, actually, actually, we found a pretty decent uh, area of the bar where it was not too crowded. We had a good time. We hung okay. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to hang out with a couple of friends who were super cool, who I never get to see. Um, and they were uh, we, we, I, we were talking movies and comics and all kinds of dumb, nerdy things. And it was a good time. And we were watching the uh, the online stream of the ball drop. And it was weird because they had a lot of uh, like uh, Spanish channel uh, celebrities in there, like uh, in among the English speakers. Okay. So there was a lot of like, you know, a lot of multiculturalism going on. And we were never sure which ones were, you know, well, because the, the volume was all the way down. So we couldn't hear anything. So we had to take guesses as, as to just by how they were dressed. And like, well, is this person dressed dramatically enough to be a Spanish speaker? Or is this an English speaker? Or is this one? Oh, no, it's just someone from uh, from OAR. OK, well, what? Okay. <laughs> uh, but it one was of good those time. guys from OAR. Yeah, you never know where they're going to pop up. It was mm-hmm. weird. They, he definitely... Oh, and uh, that band that sings the This Is Gonna Be The Best Day Of My Life, which I'm not going to sing. Yeah, they did a they did they did a, a take of that, which was great because that was the first song that got stuck in my head in the new year. Yay. Yay. Awful. <laughs> I wanted to kill them. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. We had a very fun time. It was lots of fun to hang out with those people. That's good. Yay. Candace and I went to bed around 11 o'clock Woo. after trying to get Crunchy Roll to work. Yeah. And it didn't. So we went to bed. <laughs> we it's, yeah, it's been having problems. We couldn't recently. watch our anime. Yeah, they've been be- getting DDoSed. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ooh. they've been down and up and down the past is couple there, weeks. Is there is there someone doing it or is it just them being stupid? I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it might just be people being stupid. It was, it's just following the PSN and Xbox Live ones. So I'm guessing they're just mm. people are just making the rounds, being jerks. Don't know. <laughs> okay. But well, yeah, people are jerks. If there's one thing that will be continuous into the new year, it's that there will be jerks. Yep. But 2014 was a pretty big year for jerks. It was a Not great year lie. for jerks. No, no, no. I'm not with you. Yeah, 2014 was a great year for jerks. Yeah. Let's see. I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, twenty four or twenty fifteen. Uh, we're hoping that not not so big a year. Maybe maybe angle those goals down. Maybe by what ten percent? Hopefully, just a a nicer year. Slightly nicer year. Can we just hug each other once? Don't be no jerks. Reason? Yeah. Uh, welcome to We Should Know Better. 
uh, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I'm Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. So I am hosting tonight, which means that Tim and Kyle are going to be trying to get from one specific Wikipedia article to another, uh, just using links within the article's content. Mm. Um, Tonight, you guys are going from Kicks Cereal to the Fur Trade. Oh, this is going to be great. So, yeah, it's going to be neat. And apologies that we all sound horrible. Uh, more horrible than usual well at least me i'm all stuffed up still and yeah. gross and i'm gonna be like sniffing and stuff well no more gross than, than usual sky yeah well i'm a little bit more grosser than usual <laughs> i don't know about you guys i i'm feeling I, okay right now i just have a little bit of a stuffiness but uh i'll survive maybe this game will help you feel better huh maybe oh okay i don't know <laughs> Anyway, Anyway, but before we get there, we got to decide which of you is going to be going first. All right. It's going to be me. And I still don't have an established thing like Kyle does. So I got to come up with a reason or come up with with a way to uh, decide who goes first. (laughs) And I'm trying something new this time around that I don't think you guys are going to like. Oh, (laughs) But I think it'll be fun to try. Oh, that's wonderful. It's basically going to be a speed run. Oh, oh, okay. It's basically just going to be like a mini Wikipedia game speed run. So what I'm going to have you guys do, don't go there yet, but you're going to start in Cantaloupe and you need to get to Macbeth and you're going to do it. And I'm going to basically guide you along. Uh, What you're going to do is once you guys are at Cantaloupe, I'm going to start the game by telling you another link that you need to click on, like a word in there, right? (laughs) So it might be like melon. So you're going to click on melon. And the first one to do it. You do, need we, to, do we scream out? I clicked on melon. No, you need to click on. You need to tell me. You need to start reciting the first line of the article. <laughs> as soon as you start doing that, I will tell. I will say two times. I will only say it t- twice. The word that you're looking for. When the other person clicks on, you know, melon, I'm not going to tell them that that word so if you're behind you need to pay attention to what's happening in the future and i'm gonna say it twice just so just in case you miss it the first time and that's it and yeah once you get to the first one to get to Macbeth, and tell me the first line of Macbeth wins not the first line of Macbeth, obviously the first line of the wikipedia article yeah you know the first line of Macbeth is like yo witches (laughs) Yep. <laughs> yep. That's Yo, dang it, Tim. So go to the cantaloupe page and you guys are looking for dessert. Dessert. Yep. Dessert. Uh, dessert is a typically. Oh, sweet oh, oh I forgot. No, uh, no, no, no searching. Either. I didn't use fine. Okay. Okay. No find. Yeah. I totally use fine. No find. I knew one of you would cheaters. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Kyle. Dessert is a typically sweet course that concludes an Cobbler. meal. Cobblers. Yeah. Cobblers. Oh no, oh no. Shoemakers. What? No, not like that. That's a cobbler. It's a cobbler. I know that's what a cobbler. Uh, oh no, oh no, oh no. Cobblers. Cobbler refers uh, cobbler. to a variety of ah! dishes. Deep <laughs> South. Deep South. Oh, we're getting dirty. This is, I, I don't know if I like that. Dirty uh, South. Okay, Deep South. There oh, oh. Uh, the Deep South is a descriptive category of Fort Sumter. And... Oh, crap. Fort Sumter. Uh, that's going to be in. Oh, my gosh. I still can't find Deep South. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, there it is. Okay. Dang it, dang it, dang it. North Carolina. No, that would be. Yeah. 
Uh, where's Fort Sumter? This is so much harder. Wow, where is oh. it? Fort oh, Sumter no. is oh, there it is. Dang it. The parrot rifle. Parrot rifles. Parrot oh, I saw it. Okay, guns. Parrot rifles. Uh, the gun wasn't. Uh, the parrot rifle is a. Herman Melville. What? Herman Melville. Okay. Ah, oh, crap. I can't Herman find Melville the rifles. was an American novelist, writer of short stories and poems. Macbeth. And really? Macbeth. It's just on here? Why can't I find the rifles? It was a little bit tucked away. Oh, there it is. Uh, Macbeth. I'll tuck you away. <laughs> Apparently not, Tim. Macbeth is a tragedy written by William Shakespeare. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> sure is. It really is. It's He's considered one of his darkest and most powerful works. Most powerful. Most powerful. Dun, dun, dun. In that there are witches. Oof. That was I, my my heart rate's high. Like I, I can feel it. Like man, that was a sprint. Yeah, I figured that would be pretty intense. It was intense, man. Tim, you almost pulled that out. I, yep. I got stuck on Fort Sumter. Got stuck on parrot rifles. <laughs> 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 nice job. Thank you. Thank well, you. you guys are on uh, kicks. Kick cereal. Did you guys ever Get eat this stuff? For oh, approved. I ate a lot of it. I love kicks. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I never had this as a kid. Really? Uh, you well, never tested parents, it? <laughs> no. My my parents were not big into like. Well, I mean, we had this occasionally, but we would get like like the the kid cereal that we got was Captain Crunch, and that was really about it. Or I'm sorry, Captain Crunch, to be specific. Wait, see, so like uh, you, that that was pretty much the the kid cereal you had. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Wow. That that and Lucky Charms. We would get those occasionally, and then the other things would be like checks. You've just been raised on like food coloring. On marshmallows. On, on mouth bleeding, yes. Yeah, geez. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's true. Oh, crunch mouth, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so we did have kicks occasionally, but compared to those things, kicks tasted horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, I really it's like pretty, the taste of kicks. What I does thought it, it was pretty bland. Like? I always thought it tasted like the, like the coppery flavor that you'd get from, well, from Crunch Mouth. Yeah, uh, from bleeding in your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Like, not quite coppery, but like, I always, t- I always thought it tasted a little bit like that. Bland and then slightly metallic. Huh. That's really weird. Uh, I like this citation needed. Cooking of kicks occurs with the, in the extruder and then the dough is formed in the desired shape. By extrusion through a die, it was the first cereal manufactured with this process. Citation needed. There might have been something before it. We don't know, but I feel pretty confident in saying this. I don't want to see how how uh, Captain Crunch or, <laughs> or no. Lucky Charms are made, though. I don't want to see how any Oof. of those things are made. No, I don't want to know any of that. Just months after the United States dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Kicks offered an atomic bomb ring in exchange for a box top and 15 cents. Stay classy, Kicks. The ring was purported to detect radiation. Stay classy, Kicks. Kid tested, mother approved. Uh, Man, they have I a didn't... website. What is the Kicks website like? Tested. It's very orange. In, in, in her in her book, Paul Revere and the Raiders, history repeats itself. Claudia Doge <laughs> purports that Barry Manson and the Whale were initially inspired to write the song Kicks by a box of Kicks. Sure. I would rather have had that been like foster the people 
Yeah. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> I had cereal. All, you, all, all the kids. little kids eating puffed up, up kicks. Puffed up kicks, yes. <laughs> so I get first pick then. Yeah. It's oh, so it's... weird that the kicks website is basically divided equally between kid crafts and kid recipes. Like, what? Like, <laughs> kicks are as I much a craft. Children. <laughs> yeah, they're as much a craft material as they are a food. I was going to say. So, geez. Why Why are they telling you how to make it into a non-food thing? That's kind of how it starts. Why would they want you to do Wait, that? wait, wait, wait. No, these these crafts have nothing to do with kicks. They're just crafts. Oh. What? You can just make a clothespin shark, which is the most adorable kind of shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to need a bigger rope. Did you guys have uh, honey kicks or berry berry kicks? Are berry berry kicks? I've never heard of honey kicks. Disease? I've heard of berry berry. Honey kicks, yeah, I'm pretty sure honey kicks is just like a golden crisp or something. And then berry berry kicks are probably just crunch berries. Yeah. Yeah. Turns uh, out kids really don't like bland <laughs> cereal. What do you know? Uh so these advertising slogans are pretty pretty amazing. They're pretty boss. Uh kid tested, mother approved. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Classic. But the one from the eighties? Oh yeah. Kids love kicks for what kicks has got. Moms love kicks for what kicks has not. I feel inadequate saying that, that, that couple. Yeah, I was going to say without saying or saying that without an English accent, I feel inadequate. That's amazing. Since it's from the eighties, that was probably done to like a hip, to hip hop or something. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but what I am going to do is <laughs> do not drop me a beat. To, <laughs> Sorry, I'll pick it back up. <laughs> Picking the beat back up. Hold on to it in case we need it later. Okay. All right. So you guys don't have too many choices here. What are you going with? All right. So I have a feeling that Tim is going to want to pick one of these songwriters uh, just because in that that's sort of been his game, his uh, his way of approaching these. So in order to block him, <laughs> I am going to pick one of the songwriters. I'm going to go with Barry Man. Barry Man. Not Barry Manilow, just Barry Man. All right. Cool. Which wouldn't surprise me. Wasn't it? it doesn't Barry Manilow write a lot of jingles, Tim? Yes. Okay. Tim. Tim? Did, yeah, did, yeah, he wrote a lot of jingles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, actually, I had my thing on mute. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm talking, you're all like... What? Tim? Tim. <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. okay. Actually, so I, I wasn't going to pick one of the uh, songwriters oh. at all, actually. Well, um, I went for the word extruded. Because <laughs> I thought it was an interesting word. <laughs> That's going to lead to some interesting things. Uh, I hope. And it takes you to food extrusion. Food okay. extrusion. Specifically. Specifically. One extrusion. of the many things that companies do to make our food taste better. All oh right. Yeah, so that's what it is. Extrude. Extrude. That's not a verb I want to use for almost anything ever. Let's just move on to Barry Mann. Thank you. So Barry Mann, who was born Barry Imberman. Imberman. Too many letters. Cut it out. Add <laughs> an N. Yeah. Good. I love it. I love it. Except Barry Mann. Not related to Amy Mann. Also weird. Um, he's co-written 53 hits in the UK and 98. What in the US? This is crazy. Have you guys heard of this guy before? I've never heard this name. Nope. Okay. 
Yeah, what, what are some of his uh, songs? What's his work? Well, we'll tell you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I guess he does a lot of um, kids writing, like songs for kids movies, things like that. Uh, man's first successful song as a writer was She Say Oom Doobie Doom, a top 20 chart scoring song composed for the band The Diamonds in 1959. Uh, he, in 1961, he had a, his greatest success to that time with I Love How You Love Me, written by Larry Kobler and a number five scoring single for the band The Paris Sisters. Uh, man himself scored as the, the top 40 as a performer with a novelty song co-written by Jerry Joffin, oh. who, put, who put the bomb. Oh yeah. Parodied, yeah. Yeah. Which parodied the nonsense words of the then popular doo-wop genre and scored in the top 40. I did not know that w- that was a parody song. Yeah. That makes sense. So much sense now. It well, really I mean, does. The first song you, you said sounds like one of those nonsense things too. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to know the rules. So he's making them. a parody of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Most people do. Hey, I, I, I like a person who can laugh at, uh, at themselves. And, and nonsense lyrics, yes. <clears throat> um, yeah, he did a lot of stuff, but do, 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 let's see. Oh, no, Tim. What? Sky. Sky. <laughs> what? Uh, man has composed songs for movies, most notably Somewhere for- Out There, co-written with... No Lock- way. And James Horner for the 1986 animated movie, An American Tale. Man, that is a classic. Linda Ronstadt and James Ingram performed the song as a duet for the movie's closing credits. Their version was released as a single, which scored number two on the Billboard charts. What the crap beat that song and uh, became a gold scoring record. Uh, Somewhere out there would win two 1987 Grammy Awards, Song of the Year and Best Song Written for a Motion Picture or Television. It was also nominated. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> forever was also nominated for 1986 oscar as best song but lost to what what song beat in 1986 what song beat somewhere out there this is actually good trivia i hate this that it's good trivia but yes beat, beat it for what award again uh, uh best, song best song from a, uh, through for the oscars for the oscars 1986, in 1986. it's it's another one from a movie oh, man. oh of well, course yeah yeah it's another it's one from a 1986 movie starring a Tom a Tom yeah just a Tom Tom Hanks no wrong one the other one Tom Cruise yes yes okay 1986 Tom Cruise Top Gun you are correct right take Uh, my breath away yes so take my breath away beat somewhere out there for best song in 1986 it's sexier I actually, I actually like that song too. It's it's kind of creepy. Like it's super it's a creepy. creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really mysterious. I like it. Yes, yes. Uh, but wow, they have he he has written so many songs. He wrote songs for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. What? I, there's only one song for that though, right? It's like the the theme song, the movie. Yeah, Christmas Vacation, the movie title song. I watched that movie twice this season. Wow. It's good both times. <laughs> yeah. It's never not good. Um, yeah. Anyway, this guy wrote way too many things, but I don't have a choice. Uh, I, I absolutely am pretty much required to click an American tale. In yeah. this case. I, I think that's the rule, right? If it You're shows trying up, to get to the fur trade through I don't, <laughs> anthropomorphic mice. 
Tim, they have fur. <laughs> the only way you know it's true. <laughs> it could work. Oh man, man, what a weird, what a weird small world that would be if in this in the American tale there are fur traders that we just didn't know about. You don't want the American tale to go up in Canada during this time, because no, just don't do it. Stay out of Canada. Bible's gonna get skinned. <laughs> Bible goes into a vest. Are you imagining animal fur traders, like yes. anthropomorphic animal fur traders? That's yep. that, yes. So it'd be equivalent of like human skin traders in That's reality. Cool. Creepy. That's, prob- that's probably a thing, Sky. Well, it would be man because man screws up everything in movies with cute anthropomorphic creatures. Also true, actually. That's that's a better man. Point. Yep. We're all terrible. Sorry, Fiol. All right, cool. American Tale. Tim, food extrusion. So food extrusion <laughs> is something uh, is a process that happens to food that you don't want to think about. Nope. I don't want to think about um, it. Skip so this. Just does, go to the next link. Uh, so if you're thinking about extrusion, um, nope, not thinking the about most it. common materials <laughs> are um, pastas and uh, sausage, basically. <laughs> and the way you extrude something is you first you take the raw material, whatever you want to make, and you pulverize it into a powder like flour. <laughs> and then you uh, precondition it. You add other ingredients to it. These may be liquid sugar. Fats, dyes, meats, or water. You inject some steam to get that stuff to start cooking in the most um, unorthodox way possible, I guess. Yeah, this was never meant to be. And then you just squeeze it all through a narrow hole. (laughs) And and then you just lop off in pieces whatever comes out. How did we figure this out? (laughs) When you extrude things, when you stop saying that word. Would you rather me call it food squeezing? At least he's talking about. Let, let's just food thank, squidging. How about food squidging? Let's just be thankful that we're talking about it in the context of food and not something else. Yeah, just go back to. I'm just glad that this didn't take us to wiki slash extrusion. Extrude. Yeah. yeah. The food squidging process usually cuts <laughs> and changes texture of a food as it is squidged. Because of the reduction of forces and the release of moisture and heat. So is, is basically all pasta usually ex- extruded then? I mean, Pretty much. Like um, even when you like, ha- like homemade pasta? No, no, when you homemade it, it's, you know, you, you roll it into sheets and then you cut the sheets. Yeah, I right. guess that's true. And like if you're making like macaroni or rigatoni or anything that has that sort of weird shape to it. Yeah. Yes. That you can't really get by, you know, cutting it. Right. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Or you would take a lot of time if you were to twist it all by hand. That's pretty much where extrusion comes in. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. So, wait, are you saying we did not have elbow macaroni until we had machines? Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm. <laughs> well, you is keep talking about extrusion. I'll try. Is this to one find of those things where, yeah, bef- that that we think that's been around for decades and years and years and years, but in fact has only been around in the last like hundred years? I don't know. I'm freaking out now. So elbow macaroni is the yes. American style of macaroni. Of course it is. Yep. Since when? I, it's not saying. They don't want you to know, Sky. When you're, was you're in, you're in too elbow deep. mac? Oh my gosh, it finished that for me. <laughs> <laughs> After when was elbow? When was elbow macaroni invented? Uh oh, there are not very many answers. But we have so many questions. Tim, don't don't say that your end dropped when we're talking about food extrusion. 
Oh, let me add him back. Quick, <laughs> he just, he's out. Let's talk about what you got him for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, he'll never know. <laughs> he still hasn't given me that friggin' <laughs> friggin' ice really? cream scoop. Are you no. kidding? He's gonna keep Why it for not? himself. Why not? Doesn't think I know. Are you? Yeah. What? <laughs> Said so you still haven't given me that ice cream scoop. Well, I have it. <laughs> You've just been too contaminated with sickness to take it over to you. Oh, so harsh. I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm uh, safe now. Okay. <laughs> so I, I I skipped to the elbow macaroni. Uh, in the U.S. and the United Kingdom, this pasta is often prepared by baking it with cheddar cheese. The resulting dish is called macaroni and cheese, often shorted to macaroni cheese. What? <laughs> in Britain. That's not, yeah. no one calls it that. No. Stop that, stop that, Britain. No one calls it that. <laughs> in some parts of the U.S., a more narrow type of macaroni is sold as elbow spaghetti, which is also a lie. What? I don't know. And this is says sources wikipedia.com, which is not true because we just we looked were it. just there. Sorry, guys. Not true. Okay. The eight people below who oh, man. answer Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yes. Thanks, wise guys. Good job. I like the, oh, I like oh. I like Cheryl's answer of or Mr. Macaroni or Mr. Macaroni himself. Sources or, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> or uh water dancers, Mr. Noodle Marconi, which is terrible. That's not Noodle called. Marconi. Or Wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the, <laughs> this is, we are going down a dark hole here. We're going down the macaroni hole. Macaroni and cheese history, food of presidents. The father of macaroni and cheese, one of our favorite comfort foods, was not a chef or even Italian, but he was someone known to enjoy his creature comforts, and he invented a lot of them. In 1787, (laughs) Thomas Jefferson... What? What? (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Just shut it down. Jefferson's pasta machine? The father of independence and And macaroni. macaroni. Check it out. This is proof. No, to, uh, no, it's not. Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a doodle from someone's someone's you know what? Uh, you know national trouble You know what kind of doodle it no. is, Kyle? It's, it's a, a Yankee, Yankee doodle. doodle. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm so mad, but I'm not mad. I'm, Game I'm, of man. I'm so proud of you, Tim. <laughs> all we all lost this one. <laughs> Let's just walk away. Yep. Uh, any listener out there who can help us actually figure out where that came from, please. Not not that sketch. We don't want you to actually help us ever figure out where that sketch came from. It's from someone's National Treasure fan fiction, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyone who can help us figure out where Elbow Macaroni actually came up or from, I will be very grateful. Oh my god! And gosh. why? Right? Like? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. And geez, why? Why did it? Why is why is it curved, guys? <laughs> is it easier to fork? No, no, it's curved because when they extrude it, it it becomes. You know what? We're gonna stop there. Uh, Tim, help get us off this page. Let's go to sausages. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're making the first it worse. extruder was designed to manufacture sausages in the 1870s. <laughs> you're making nice. it worse, Tim. You're making it worse. Well, I I'm trying to go the route of. Let's 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 go for the things that are inside the furry creatures and work our way out. <laughs> work your way out. Okay, I yeah. guess that's fair. 
uh, an American tale, a, a classic 1980s thing, which we can call classic, even though we are older than it. Uh, well, I am anyway. Yeah. No, wait, both of you guys are right. It came out in 1986. Yeah. Um, Sky, I thought you were 87. I'm 87. Okay. Yep. Well, so, two of us are so older than it. Kyle and I are. Yeah. yeah. So technically, we're calling it classic, even though it is younger than we are. Well, that just means that we're classic too, Kyle. I don't think that's true, Tim. <laughs> uh, anyway, classic Kyle. Yeah. You know, this high fructose corn syrup. New, new formula, Tim. <laughs> it's a lot. Kyle Max. Oh, man. Crystal, Crystal Kyle. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Tim Code Red. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you're just you're just adding soda variants <laughs> to your names. So I'm going to do my best to avoid racism, even though this is a common theme. In like our we do every week. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to try really hard in this Hopefully. amazing, fun story. Yes. That is about racism in a way to not talk about the racism. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, you should see it. It's adorable. It is about a small mouse, um, a small immigrant mouse who gets separated from his family and uh, makes, or uh, as as he's coming to America and uh, reunites with them after singing uh, uh, a serenade, a duet, duet into the sky with his sister who is in another part in the city. And uh, it, everyone cries. It's adorable. It is animated by Don Bluth who everyone knows or many people from our generation especially will know mm -hmm. um, as the other animator from not, <laughs> from not Disney. Yes. And it has a lot of uh, people whose voices you will know for other things and some that I just did not recognize. Philip Louise. Yeah, that's the one that I recognized. Yep. Which is yep. sad. I like Don DeLuise. Uh Let's see. Alan Christopher Plummer as Henri, a uh, pigeon of French descent who is building the Statue of Liberty. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Why not? I don't remember. Wait, what? You don't remember that subplot? No. <laughs> I actually don't think I saw this now that uh, now that we're on this page. What? <laughs> I think I, I only saw Fifle Goes West. Sky, you let's stop this podcast right now. Because all I remember is is was it John Candy? No, cat. it's not John Candy. No, it's Dom it's DeLuise. Dom DeLuise, who They're easily confused. They're both yeah. fat, funny people. Oh, yeah. They're, they're they're unfortunately left us. Yeah, they're very similar people. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Madeline Kahn, as the German-born mouse considered to be the richest in New York City. Who has also unfortunately left us. Again, yeah, she's so amazing. Was so amazing. <laughs> it says she that was. Uh, she was chosen with the hopes that she would use a voice similar to the one she used for uh, Blazing Saddles. Yes. That's yes. That's yeah. yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Like Philip Glasser, who played Feifel, uh, he was discovered by accident when Blue and his crew overheard him auditioning for an Oscar Mayer commercial. That's amazing. Everything goes back to meat. Everything goes back to sausage. <clears throat> yeah, we could probably connect here, Tim. Uh, you could probably catch up to me. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about this. Deloise had worked with Bluth in The Secret of Nim. I forgot about that. This character, Fievel, was named after Spielberg's maternal... Maternal? Material. It says material, but I think they mean maternal. 
grandfather, oh, uh, Philip Posner. What is that noise? Someone is trying to pick a lock. Yes. Is that you, Tim? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing that for? What is it? I had to rip some tape off. I'm sorry. Oh. He's, no, no, he's picking a lock. It's for state secrets. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting to the the bottom of the macaroni thing. <laughs> You're getting too close, Tim. Secrets are almost here. The agents from the macaroni grill are coming. <laughs> Uh, the scene in which he presses up against a window to look into a classroom filled with American quote-unquote school mice is based on a story Spielberg remembered about his grandfather who told him that Jews were only able to listen to school lessons through open windows while sitting outside in the snow. There we are. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. This is a, it's a crazy movie. <laughs> um, Tim, what are you, are you done? <laughs> no. Yes, I'm done. Are you, are, <laughs> no. you, are you done for sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did you find them? Do you have the secrets? Tim? No. Oh my gosh, they got him. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I muted my mic so I could finish and then he started asking me questions. What are you doing with tape? Are you wrap are you wrapping my my ice cream scoop? <laughs> no, it's perfectly wrapped. Don't worry about it. It's like five days after Christmas. <laughs> it's a whole week after Christmas. Uh. I really, really like that there's the people listening to this podcast will get a whole there's gonna be like a saga about <laughs> they're getting Jeez. the whole experience of the ice cream scoop. Yes. Okay, so it's gonna give them that thing. <laughs> I don't even think there is one. Yeah, it's just it's just a plot device. So Art Spiegelman accused uh, Spielberg of plagiarism due to the fact that the Jews in this movie are depicted as mice, just as in Spiegelman's earlier Mouse, uh, Mm. which I always wondered about because I thought they were released close together. Yeah. Um, A metaphor that Spiegelman had adopted from Nazi propaganda. Did not know that. Um, Instead of pursuing copyright litigation, however, Spiegelman... Uh, who is kind of a weird guy, opted to beat the movie's release date by convincing his publishers to split Mouse into two volumes and publish the first before he even finished the second. That's why it's in two volumes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it never seemed like it needed to be. That's crazy. I had no idea that that's why that happened. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Neil Ross is Honest John, and local Irish-born... Uh, who knows every voting mouse in New York City, an ambulance chasing drunkard who takes it. Wow. Uh, he's, a, he's a stereotype of the 19th century Tammany Hall politician. Tammany Hall is linked there. Tammany Hall controlled almost all of the marketing, uh, any kind of commerce. Yeah. If there was marketing that went through there, it's going to go through Tammany Hall. I'm going to take that. All righty. Um, so sausage. <laughs> we have We have touched upon this briefly before in the past. But there's a lot of talk about sausage. Is there? <laughs> oh yes, quite. Um, let's let's talk about what you <laughs> must have in your sausage to actually be able to give it the name sausage. Let's wait, do it. Wait, there's rules? Uh, in the UK, there are. <clears throat> there are various laws concerning the meat content of sausages in the UK. Thank the God. minimum meat content to be labeled pork sausage is how how much do you think? How much? How much actual meat? I really hope it's fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, I was Lower. gonna say fifty percent. Lower uh, forty. Higher. Oh, 45? 42. 
Wait, why 42? Wait. Because it's the answer to life. No, no. Sausage and everything. No, no. (laughs) No, it is 42%. The minimum meat content to be liquid pork sausage (laughs) is 42% or 30% for other types of meat sausages. Well, I've been hearing that that has been a problem for a lot of butchers, especially in England. uh, I don't know if you heard... There was a uh, there was an interview with a butcher a while ago uh, talking about this in particular, in which he said that it's because they have to cut back on the materials because it's just difficult these days to make both ends meet. Oh. I knew that's where you were going to go. Ah. Well, to Jeez. punish you, I'm going to give you more information. All right, I feel better now. Sorry. To be cl- <laughs> so Sorry. so to be classed as meat, pork can contain 30% fat and 25% connective tissue. What? So mm-hmm. it can be 45%. Not, not actual meat. food, yes. And still be meat. That's not true. Um, often the cheapest supermarket pork sausages do not have the necessary meat content to be to be described as pork sausages and are simply labeled sausages. What? With even less meat content, they are described as bangers, an unregulated name. <laughs> Wait, what? Wow. <laughs> I did not know um, that that was slang know, for crappy you, sausage. Have we ever gone over why they actually do call sausages bangers in the UK? No. Uh, yeah, because if you boil them, they'll explode. Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. Apparently, oh. this is back during because the they have so much water in them. When they put a lot of water in them, yes. yeah, yeah, they would, okay. would boil them and they exploded. So these these lower quality uh, <laughs> sausages, these bangers, nicely. oh my gosh, typically contain MRM. Do you know what MRM is? Uh. Do you know what it stands for? It no. stands for <laughs> mechanically recovered meat. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that is a paste-like meat product produced by forcing pureed or ground beef, pork, turkey, or chicken under high pressure through a sieve or similar device to separate the bone from the edible meat tissue. Mm. Wait, did you just say paste-like? Paste-like. Meat product? Not, not, it is like a paste. Not even just paste. Apparently it doesn't glue things together, no. Well, good, but... It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's under 42% paste, so... Uh. So you yeah. just basically you just grind up the rest of the no of thing and <laughs> and push it through. I don't know why so much of our food making process is is making things really little and pushing them through other things, but that's how we're doing it today. I I wow I don't know what to do now with with things with food. Can I no. eat anything ever again? No tofu. <laughs> no, that's just that's just beans that's that's been done to. <laughs> that have been squeezed through things. Yeah. Everything yeah. is extruded. Yep. I mean, in the end. No. It's tr- oh. So here's my line of thought. Oh, no. Um, fur traders, the stereotypical nationality are French. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to go with Cajun, which takes me to Cajun cuisine. Cajun cuisine. Because that, Cajun is a French thing. That can't possibly French, be bad. French based. No. Yes. All right. So, yeah. I guarantee. I. Yep. Uh, all right. And there. And all right. Tammany Hall. Tammany Hall. <laughs> uh, Tammany Hall, also known as the Society of St. Tammany, the Sons of St. Tammany, or the Columbian Order, was a New York political organization founded in 1786 and incorporated on May 12th. 1789 as the Tammany Society. It was the Democratic Party political machine that played a major role in controlling New York City and New York state politics and helping immigrants, most notably the Irish, 
rise up in American politics from the 1790s to the 1960s. Holy crap. Yeah, it was a big deal. No one's around that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it has been a, a huge struggle uh, between presidents and otherwise. You have uh, your your boss Tweed from the uh, mid, mid-19th century, and it, it's been a, a pretty much a continuous struggle. And it gets, it gets a lot of uh, sort of as like the... I don't want to say like a mafia bent, but in media, it gets a little bit angled that way. Hmm. Sort of like the man, but, uh, you know, just the people controlling things. And, you know, you just kind of do what they say because they're the people in control. I think I know where I want to go from here just because I have a sense that this is going to get me closer to where I want to go. But just a quick talk about what what the what Tammany Hall was like. <clears throat> they used uh, ward bosses to try to kind of uh, control what was happening in different sections in the city. And uh, the people who were in those areas would go and gather votes for, um, for whoever was, you know, whoever was supposed to be the, the uh, person elected. So it was a quote unquote democratic system. Uh-huh. They were definitely gaming the system. Gotcha. And uh, you know, they would offer uh, incentives to, uh, right. to vote for the right people, and you know the people that didn't vote for the right people were often off- ostracized and yeah. kind of shuttled out of the area in some violent and less violent ways, but mostly violent. They'd offer quote protection. Yep. Unquote. Cor- correct. It was very very well known for being sort of a uh, yeah, like they say here, an engine for graft and political corruption. That's pretty much the best way to say it. They they just wanted things under their control, and they were going to do it their way, and they were going to do it whether you liked it or not. It's it's really weird. Like something like this could stick around for so long. Like, was it just so big that no one wanted to go after it? Is that how it worked? More or less the, uh, well, and then, yeah, th- that's essentially what it was. Everyone had, uh, had something to go, had something to, uh, gain from it being around and you could count on it to do one thing or another. It was a, it was a known, <laughs> a known entity in the landscape. Gotcha. Um, like they were going to vote on the same people because of their race. And that was really the reason why, because that, gotcha. that, that those people were going to think the way you think, and they were going to do the things you wanted them to do. And because they were, they had so many people who would vote that way, they could make things happen with money that were maybe that were not, that were not legal. Gotcha. No one would pay attention as long as the right person was in power. It it was a weird structure, but you should read up on it sometime because it's an important part of our history and maybe still is happening today in different ways. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm going to not go into depth about that anymore, uh, <laughs> uh, partly because I, I'm not finding the people that I want to talk about, um, <clears throat> but mostly because I think I want to know. I think I know where I want to go here. Uh, the Tammany Society was named for Tamanand, a Native American leader of the Lenape, and emerged as the center for the Demo- Democratic Republican Party politics in the early 19th century. I'm going to guess, I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but the N- Lenape, L-E-N-A-P-E, uh, that is the Native American tribe in that area. And I'm going to bet that somewhere in our history, we traded fur with them. So I'm going to click on that. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Tim. So, okay. 
Cajun cuisine. Uh, the style cooking is named for the French-speaking Acadian people who were uh, deported uh, by the British from Acadia in Canada and uh, who later settled down in what uh, is Louisiana. Wait, so they couldn't say the word Acadian? So it was Cajun? Is that how that happened? I don't know. Yeah, it's an, it's an alteration of Acadian. What do you know? Wow. Um, so, you know, you know, your gumbo, you know, your jambalaya. We know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your crawfish boil. Yeah. Your po' boys. Uh, did you know that, uh, there is a tradition of a, a more, uh, rural Mardi Gras? Wait, what? No. <laughs> what? Mardi Gras oh, is not all about parades. I, 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 I am awful at pronouncing that word. I'm rural Mardi Gras. Rural. Rural. We're from the same place, so I can't say it either. Um, But uh, the traditional Cajun Mardi Gras. Wait, wait. Let's just all say rural one more time. Just for the. On on three, one, two, three. Rural. Rural. Okay, go on. Rural. Rural. Well, I know what I'm going to start this podcast with. (laughs) That that was for you, Sky. You're welcome. So the tradition originated in the 18th century with the Cajuns of Louisiana, but was abandoned in, in the early 20th century because of unwelcome violence associated with the event. Ah. Um, it now is, uh, it was revived in the early 1950s uh, in a few places, though. Uh, so the, this event uh, has nothing to do with beads. Oh. It, it revolves around uh, male maskers on horseback who ride wow. into the countryside to collect food ingredients for the party later on. I was really afraid of where you were going to go with that for a moment. No, no, this oh. is actually kind of nice. Um, they entertain oh. householders with Cajun music, dancing, and festive antics in return oh. for the ingredients. Festive um, antics. The preferred ingredient is live chicken. Oh, well. well. In which the householder throws the chicken to allow the maskers to chase it down. A temporary Symbolizing a chicken. hunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, other ingredient, ingredients include rice, sausage, veg- vegetables, or frozen chicken. Which hopefully but you don't throw that. They couldn't do that. Not at that time period. They Well, wait. nowadays you can. Oh, okay, fine. We uh, didn't have frozen food until... Hang on. <laughs> unlike other Cajun <laughs> events, men take no part in cooking the main course for the party, and women prepare the chicken and ingredients for the gumbo. Uh, once the festivities begin, the Cajun community members eat and dance to Cajun music until midnight, the beginning of Lent. So I don't know if you saw this, Tim, but uh, blackening actually isn't considered a Cajun cooking method. What? Yeah, I did see that. Um, there's a lot. Apparently, there's a, a good section of Cajun cooking, what we think of as Cajun, that didn't actually start that way. Is it just Americanized or what? Um, there was someone. I can't remember. What, what was his name? <laughs> um, uh, Chef Paul Prudhomme. Prudhomme. In the 1970s, um, who's a rural chef, in, or uh, invented blackening. Wow! And in the 1970s, a few other, yeah, yeah. But it's not a traditional Cajun process because back then they actually were going for more simple things because that's all they had. Wow! Yeah, it's mostly barbecuing, boiling, yep. smothering, yep. <laughs> deep frying. Mm-hmm. That's amazing! I didn't know Basically that. Basically, whatever you can find around. Um, <laughs> They have their traditional, uh, a lot of seafood, a lot of seafood, catfish, okay. trout, redfish, grouper, blue crab, oysters, um, your, your typical turkey, chicken, 
some game birds, you know, dove, duck, quail. Chess, checkers. Um, and then there's other game meats. You have alligator, uh, sure. frog, usually yeah. bullfrogs, and not just the legs. Alligator frogs. The whole thing. Um, Most dangerous frogs. Uh, nutria, <laughs> which are those little rat things. Yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> nutria. Nutria are rodents. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yes, it is. What? It's it's like a large rodent. It's it's kind of like a tailless beaver. Tim, that's a capybara, which are adorable. Well, there you go. Well, the, well, they eat them. What? Cajuns what? eat them. Hang on, I gotta see what this is. Uh, and then you have your squirrel, rabbit, skunk, turtle, they, snake, the, and the your red, possum. They've Nutria. got the red teeth. No, that's not a capybara. That's just terrifying. That's what, evil. What mm-hmm. the crap? <laughs> that's why they eat them. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Wow. So okay. I'm going to go with um, hunting. <laughs> hunting. <laughs> well, yeah. that'll, that'll get you there. I would hope so. We're definitely getting close. All right. So wiki slash hunting. So I was really wrong. Uh, I According to Wikipedia, anyway, which is, uh, of course, perfect. Um, the, the name of the tribe is the Lenape. So Lenape. I apologize. Uh, Sky, you're just going to have to go back and just uh, correct every time that I said it pr- prior. Okay. Yeah. So just take that Lenape. Can you yeah, say it a few different Lenape. times, a few different ways? Lenape. 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 All right. Lenape. Is that enough? That should be good. Okay. Uh, the Lenape are a Native American tribe and First Nations band government. Uh, they are also called the Delaware Indians. So I guess you can just use that too. Delaware, 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 Delaware. As a result of disruptions and the political will of the white population following the American Revolutionary War and later developments such as the oft-voiced attitudes later named Manifest Destiny. Good job, America. Which in part led to the Indian removals of the Eastern United States. The main groups now live in Ontario, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma. Um, they have a matrilineal clan system, which is kind of neat. Nice. Um, yeah, from which they gain their social status and identity. The, the mother's eldest brother was more significant as a mentor to male children than was their father, who was from another clan, technically. Whoa. Yeah, who, how interesting is that? That's really crazy. Wow. The mother's uh, eldest brother was more yeah. significant than a mentor. Huh. And then hereditary leadership passed through the matrilineal line and women elders could remove leaders from whom they disapproved what this is so cool so essentially like they are closer like a woman would be closer to her brother than to her husband her husband or at least the father of her children uh families were matrilocal uh new newly read newlywed couples would live with the bride's families where her mother and sisters could also assist with the growing families what is happening uh, according to uh, their, according to Wikipedia again, the uh, Lene Lenape, the name comes from their autonym, Lene meaning genuine, pure, real, or original, and Lenape meaning Indian or man. Um, to, 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 to the tribe's other name, Delaware is not of Native American origin. Oh my gosh, really? English colonists named the Delaware River for the first governor of Virginia. Thomas West the Third. Guess what his name was? <laughs> no, no, no. His his title. Baron. Baron. Day. 
La. La. Ware. You're really close. You actually overachieved. Uh, it's just war. War. Very Delaware. Good God, y'all. De la. What is it good for? Naming uh, this river. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so they started calling the Indians uh, that because they were living near that ri- that river that they renamed. Sure. So as clearly, we did. Yeah, as as you do. The Lenape were also arranged contracts between the Minquas, or I'm not even going to try, Susquehannocks, and the Dutch and Swedish West India companies to promote the fur trade. So I'm going to end there. Wait a second, though. Yeah, you do what you need to do. Uh, you do what you got to do. I don't think this is the page. What? North American fur trade. What? Oh, burn. Uh, I think I, I think I did this one a while ago, but I think it was wiki slash fur trade. Oh my gosh! I will find my way there. Yeah, yeah. You're you're a North American fur trade. You need to well, be in fur I trade. St- <laughs> zoom <laughs> out, Kyle. Zoom out. Here's your problem right here. You're in North America. North America fur trade. Fur trade. <laughs> I am going to stay right here. Dang it! I worked. I clawed my way to the North American <laughs> You got and more specific I, than you needed to do. And God is my witness, I will get to <laughs> Alright, well. Alright, Tim, get us out. Tim, you're okay. hunting. So, so here's a drawing of a bear spanking a hunter. What? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Not just one. Oh my gosh, what? Well, ah. it's cubs. The mother, the mother is spanking the hunter. The cubs are, um, just necking with hugging that one yeah to death yep two other hunters oh uh, our friend the nutria uh in the u.s state of louisiana a non-native rodent known as the nutria has become so destructive to the local ecosystem that the state has initiated a bounty program to help control the population so no one nobody likes the nutria but aside from that let's talk about fair chase so the principles of the fair chase, of course, is that you actually give the animal a chance to live, to get away, because that's yeah. nature. Uh, so hunter conservationism, of course, was popularized by Theodore Roosevelt, and that has been central to the development of the modern fair chase tradition. Uh, so then the article goes on to um, talk about how internet hunting was introduced in 2005. Have uh, you heard of internet hunting? Uh, I just it, found out about this now. Yeah, I had never heard about this. It's not is to be confused TV's? with cyber stalking. Okay, that's what no, I thought it was. That's what it says. <laughs> Apparently, you um, you set up a webcam and a nope. uh, a remote controlled firearm. No. Yeah. No. Over a- over a over a pen of animals, and <laughs> then you let people on the internet shoot at them. This is not okay. It's this is not, not okay. It's, it's now banned. In, it's now banned in like forty states. So oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> This is not okay, Internet. Stop that. It was apparently first introduced as a way for disabled people to um, be able to hunt. Yeah. um, Maybe your heart's in the right place, but no. No, no, no. See here. There are hunters in Japan. Well, yeah. I mean, there are hunters everywhere. (laughs) Numbers are declining. Um, Okay. As of 2010, there are approximately 190,000 registered hunters, approximately 65% of whom were 60 years old or older. Wow, really? Guess it's not becoming there anymore a big part of uh australia's animal history is um, animals killing people animals be well and then <laughs> people being like 
hey, this a- this animal that just killed this guy, this other animal eats that animal, so let's bring him over here. And they introduce invasive species that then become, that, you know, populate, become pests. Uh, so, Is that how kangaroos happened? I mean... <laughs> no. Oh. It's how, there's like, there's like a frog species that... Like, oh yeah, like crazy in Australia. Yes. Oh, the cane toad. Yeah, the cane toad. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so hunting in Australia has actually evolved around the eradication of animals considered to be pests. Wait. So invasive species are like the the uh, yes. invasive species that they introduce. Yes. Native they- animals are hunted rarely in comparison to introduced animals such as deer and camels. Wait, we, they introduced camels? deer? Yeah, and camels. So apparently wow. camels are now pests. Well, yeah. I mean, camels, have you ever pests. talked to a camel? They will not leave you alone at parties. Wow. I put I put in camel. I put I started Googling camel pests, and then it finished in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian feral camel. Australia. Man. I told you. They, they show up late. They, oh, my they, gosh. They never bring wine. They're like, oh, I have it in my other home. This camel totally looks like it's a, like it would talk your ear off about, <laughs> I don't know. About being, about doing CrossFit? Is that what it? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at that face. He's <laughs> like, well, I was going to my CrossFit class and I, I had to stop at my bike shop on the way, you know. They're mostly in the outback surviving <laughs> out there. That's crazy. Weird. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's yes. it's so an identity of of Australia. Like part of its hunting identity is is invasive species. It's pretty crazy. They're like, we should order a pizza, but I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little low on cash right now. Do you think someone can get my back? <sighs> no. It's, and you just don't like just avoid him on Wednesdays. Oh my yep. gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh. Yep. <laughs> okay, so uh, the article does divide animals into different categories you got your big game you know your white-tailed deer your moose your elk your caribou small game skunks armadillos squirrels rabbits uh, predators the cougar upland game birds such as grouse and woodcock and stuff that snooty people with fluffy pants shoot um waterfowl uh duck and geese and then and then you have your fur bearers oh your fur bearers your fur bearers not fur bears fur bearers i'm hearing fur bearers that's Uh, what i'm saying uh episode red fox minks duty people and furry fluffy pants (laughs) that's definitely episode title okay The thing I love so, about that is that it makes like an Ouroboros in my head of, of people you know you need you need fluffy pants in order to get uh, to catch these game birds, but to get these fluffy pants you need uh, to shoot game birds to get the feathers to make fluffy pants. Yep. And in order, <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> what do you expect us to do? These fluffy pants don't grow on trees. I'm going to go with the animal that is sort of central to the to fur trading around here, in this continent. The beaver. The beaver. Sure. Somehow this is the first time we've ever made it to this animal's page. Man, they their skulls look crazy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at North American Fur Trade, Kyle. Uh, so I'm at North American Fur Trade, and it's everything that Tim just read about. We sell and trade furs, and sn- uh, snooty people in fluffy pants shoot them. And, shoot them. <laughs> and I don't want to read any more of it because... <laughs> It's kind of depressing. The only thing that I want to want to talk about here 
The fur trade became one of the main economic ventures in North America, attracting at various times competition among the French, British, Dutch, Spanish, and Russian. There's a lot of people. Indeed, in the early history of the United States, capitalizing on this trade and removing the British stranglehold over, over it was seen as a major economic objective. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many Native American societies across the continent came to depend on the fur trade as their primary source of income, which up until that point they had not needed, incidentally. Uh, by the 1800s, however, changing fashions in Europe brought a, brought a collapse in fur prices. Fashion destroyed everything. So it wasn't more fashion, or was it more the ability no. to make it out of to make clothes out of other, other junk, to well, make warm clothes, clothes out <laughs> well, of other junk. They don't specifically say so, but essentially the changing fashion. Uh, but the fact that the they just did not they did not bring as much money as they used to essentially changed the way that American culture had to develop. And I mean, pre-American at the time. Uh, the American, or I mean, pre-American is the country itself. The American fur company and some other companies failed. Many Native American communities were punched and plunged into long-term poverty. <laughs> they were punched into long-term poverty. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. And consequently wow. lost much of the political influence they once had. Guess what? Because people didn't want to buy fur, an entire group of indigenous people lost everything. Like the last thing they were holding on to. Yeah. Wow. This, wow. Is, a, this is a cycle that the Americas has uh, has dealt with repeatedly in our history, by the way, uh, including with, say, tobacco or sugarcane. Let's yeah, just, that's just, true. Let, let's just point that out, that, that we've repeatedly given the world something new and cool, and then once the world is like, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, well, there's enough of it. You can stop doing that. Stop that. Uh, and, and, and then, then it collapses. Yeah. So sorry, guys. Uh, we ruined everything. Also fashion. But yeah, mostly fashion in that one. Um, so the fur trade in general is not listed on this page <laughs> anywhere. Ouch. So you're going to have to go to some, to some page however, related. Yeah. Go however, ahead. there is in the sea also fur trade. Yep, which is off limits. There's I also know. beaver hat. I, know. <laughs> I, wanted, I really wanted to click beaver hat, honestly. <laughs> beaver hat, the wiki slash beaver hat. I guess. So what are you going to do there, Kyle? I guess I'm just going to click fur. <laughs> <laughs> are you? I'm going to go the, if, if I need to zoom out, I'm going to zoom out as fur as possible. I hope I hope you get to link to like apple bottom jeans. No apologies, Sky. And the fur. <laughs> All right, get out, get us out of here, Tim. Finish this. Finish this. Beavers. Nope. How is the beaver classified according to Roman Catholic uh, dietary laws? It is a fish. It is a fish. Wait, seriously? Yep. In the 17th century, based on a question raised by who else, the Bishop of Quebec. Who else? The, uh. the Roman Catholic Church ruled that the beaver was a fish. He's like those Australian camels. For purposes of dietary law. Therefore, the general prohibition on the consumption of meat on Fridays did not apply to beaver meat. Well, we talked about this in a previous episode, but we we didn't know we like the classification of animals like was insane enough. And then when you got something specific like fish, like, yeah. you think it'd be easy, but like we no, did not know what we were doing. Not yet, not at all. Easy. No, and we were like you know, there's all those animals that really didn't exist that people were saying existed. Uh, so I can see why the bishop's like, okay, the beaver. Like I've read about a beaver. 
It's something <laughs> to do with water. Like they live in the water. So that's yeah, that's, that's what it says here. It says the legal basis for the decision probably rests with the Summa Theologica of Thomas Aquinas, which bases animal classification as much on habit as anatomy. Right. Wow. Um, yeah, this is similar to the church's classification of other semi-aquatic rodents, such as the capybara and the muskrat. Wait, what? <laughs> That's what it says. They're it, fish too? Yep. I guess so. <laughs> okay. Crocodiles are probably fish. Uh, oh, Oscar Wilde's on this. He's also yep, Oscar Wilde is uh, pimped <laughs> in a beaver fur coat. He, oh, man, he drank enough to be evidence. Uh, yeah, nice job. <laughs> Thank you. And it actually does link to the fur trade on this page. Oh, nice job, Tim. Tim. The original fur trade. All right, so you you, you made it. Yeah. Nice job. Wow. Kyle, you could probably make it from fur, right? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I'm just going to do a search for this. Hang on. Fur trade. Oh, my gosh. There you go. it's It's in the further information. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll controversy sure. fur trade. Hey, look, I'm on fur trade, guys. We yay! <laughs> fur trade is a worldwide industry dealing in the acquisition and sale of animal fur. Yep. <clears throat> Since the establishment of a world fur market in the early modern period, furs of boreal, boreal. I don't know what that is. Polar and I should probably know what that word means. Polar and cold. Uh, temperate mammalian animals have been the most valued. Boreal has got to be uh, like near us, like temperate region, general. I think it's uh, like Arctic. Like, oh, like yeah. boreal? Doesn't that just mean like northern? Yeah, yeah I get, you are correct. Uh, like sub-arctic. Aurora Borealis. Correct. They have it as uh, subarctic, specifically. Oh. We did Yay. it, guys. Good job, guys. That took, that took a lot longer than I expected it to. Yeah. We visited a lot of places that I did not want to go. <laughs> we, we extruded a lot of facts today. Uh, <laughs> it was very fact-heavy and mystery-heavy. There's so many, like... The uh, mystery what? persists, Sky. We still don't know. Oh, my god! It's not over. Elbow macaroni no, origins. <laughs> the origin story. It was bitten by a radioactive macaroni. Thanks for coming on this journey with me, you guys. It's a great journey. I'm glad you guys had a good time learning about extrusion and getting upset. Beavers and getting upset. And <laughs> nutrients. Fifel. Fifel, no. Fifel. Those feral camels. Oh my gosh. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WSKBcast. Our website is wskbcast.blogspot.com. <laughs> if you want to tell us how macaroni is made, send us an Please email. Please tell us. WSKBcast. We need to know. We're begging you. <laughs> WSKBcast at uh, gmail.com. Not kidding about that, guys. Uh, yeah. And yeah, what you really should do if you're listening to this is go and rate us on iTunes because I don't think anyone has yet. And uh, yeah, you could be the first one. I don't want to be the first one. I, really I don't want to be that desperate. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that will do it for this week. It'll Next write week, in our own yearbook. what's that? Well, it'd be like writing in our own yearbook. Yeah. Yeah. Never change. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, please change. <laughs> please me from ten years. <laughs> uh, no. You're the best. 
Yeah. Um, so whose turn is it next time? Oh, I don't know. Let's uh, see. <clears throat> is it is it me? Am I usually after you? I don't remember. Well, just go we back. Had the, to the Christmas episode kind of mix things up. Yeah. Oh, what was man. the one before that? Well, just, I'll go to wskbcast.com. I was about to say that we have a website for this. I think I think it might be my turn. I think it might be actually. Uh, I was first in ketchup, so that was season salt and James Buchanan. So that yeah, was it's, that it's, was me. Yep. Yeah. So it is yeah, Tim's. That one was my fault. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. More, more accurately, Stephen's fault. But yes. Yes. All right. Cool. So right. you will be hosting episode, next week, guys. and I will see you guys then. See you later. Okay. Goodbye. Good night. Oh, America's finest muff house. Nope. 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 Yep. Not. Nope. Not touching that. The ten foot pole. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>